Welcome to Seen and Heard in Edmonton, the podcast about bloggers and podcasters in the capital city of Alberta. I'm your host, Karen Unland, and today I'm talking to Lori Godin, the woman behind Frugal Edmonton Mama, one of the most popular parenting blogs in Western Canada, right? It's gotten pretty popular over the yes. time. <laughs> over the time I've been blogging. Luckily, I got in there at a good time. Yes. And co-founder of Raising Edmonton and Yeg Date Night. Thanks for talking to me today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. This episode is brought to you by Andrea Bessa, a writer, filmmaker, editor, and social media strategist who can help you get your message out, and you'll hear more from her later in the show. So we'll start with Frugal Edmonton Mama. Laurie, tell me how you describe what that is about. So that's kind of evolved into more of like a parenting and lifestyle blog with a little bit of a focus on Edmonton. It's changed a lot from where we started. We started off blogging about saving money and coupons, and I was passionate about getting things like free diapers because we were young parents. You know, we didn't have a lot of money. Yeah. And so it's evolved from there into more, it's evolved with us, I guess, of things that we're passionate about now. So exploring and taking our kids to see things and still a bit of focus on saving money, but more, I think, less of a focus on coupons and trying to get everything so cheap, more of a focus on living a little bit more frugally. Right. And did that change because you changed or because your audience was responding more to other things or why did it change? I think it's a combination of both. The things that I started, when I started to blog about more of our family and sharing a little bit about more of our story, I saw a response there. And so starting out blogging, I've learned to look into those analytics and see kind of what performs well and leaning more in that direction worked for the blog and it also worked for us. It worked for the blog well because at that time everybody was into getting coupons and deals and there were dozens of blogs out there about go to the store, get this deal, use this coupon and you can get, you know, 10 things for a dollar. And so it was really cutthroat. You had to be the first one to post. It was a lot of work. Um, I look back now to what I've posted then. And five years ago, I was doing four to five blog posts a day. Wow. We, and Olivia was really young. She was probably one or two. So I think at that point, I was probably working a lot of working a lot harder than working a lot smarter. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. and you know, at we had one child at that time and it made sense for us to use coupons and to use them regularly and to clip them. And I had that time to do it. I think when we had our second child, it really started to change. And I thought, okay, well maybe, you know, people don't have time to shop this way and to spend every day clipping coupons and searching for coupons. And that kind of thing. Yeah. So I try to I tried to include more of our day to day, what we do with the kids, kind of simple activities you can do at home, things to do around the city. And I saw a popularity there because more parents were interested in that. So I kind of gained the parent audience and I lost the audience that was looking for those really cheap deals. Mm -hmm. But in the end, it worked out well because I tripled my readership at that point. Right. So it was a good change. Yeah. Because I often ask people, is there a difference between what you like to write and what is popular on your site? But it sounds like you found a way to align those two things. Absolutely. And I think that's, you know, it worked out well for us because I was able to write about more of what I wanted to write about. And I was able to share some of the things that I was passionate about. So it wasn't as hard to write, you know, a couple of blog posts a day about things that we like, whereas we weren't really using, you know, the full like five coupons for, you know, for a product every day. And 
it was a little bit easier to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's probably only so many ways you can Absolutely. Do those and I think I think around that time too, around three to four years ago, coupons became harder to use. Right. And so we kind of fluctuated with that as well because then you could use like five or six coupons for a box of diapers and pretty much get them for free. Now right. it's nearly impossible. So we share kind of other ways to save money. Right. Um, the other thing that I think people would notice looking at uh, Frugal Edmonton Mama is that you do partnerships with brands. And so tell me how that evolved. Absolutely. And that's that's actually another thing that came about when I stopped blogging about just mainly coupons and deals and sharing our story. Brands started to approach me with partnerships and ambassadorships and sponsorships. And that's kind of when I really started to pay attention to what we're writing about and make sure, you know, we're writing quality blog posts because I saw that development there and that potential for it to be a full-time job, which it's become. So that was really exciting too. So that kind of put me in the direction of share more of your story and make it more personable so people want to come back and read more. Yeah, because you, if you're going to make those partnerships work, you have to keep your readership. And Absolutely. And if you bore your readership or they feel like you're serving the brand instead of them, there's nothing there, right? And Yeah, and there has to be a balance too. I really try and keep it 70-30, so 70 not sponsored, 30 sponsored. Coming up to things like Christmas and you know holidays like that, it's really hard to get that sponsored level down because there is the demand there around the holidays for people to buy things and to go places. So, But I really try to keep it under 30%. And I think I do a pretty good job. Yeah. Uh, well, I read it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I often ask my guests, if you could make this your day job, would you? And there's a whole range of answers to that to, well, wouldn't that be nice to know this is my hobby and I like it like this. You have actually made it your day job. So what have you had to do to make that possible? I was, you know, I like to think of it as a combination of luck and hard work. I got into it at a time when the extreme couponing was super popular. So I kind of jumped on board, found my local readership there. And from, I think, month two of the blog, it was making decent money. Wow. And so it's I I understand that I'm very fortunate about that and I'm very grateful for that and I've just grown it over time. Um but it's it's become a full-time job now where I'm able to I have two children so I have childcare one to two days a week depending on, you know, how busy my week is. Yeah. And so I'm able to fit it in in those one to two days a week so I'm very fortunate that I get to stay home with the kids and you know write about what we like doing. Yeah. In a very entertaining way. Absolutely. <laughs> in a but, really frank way. Like you you are not afraid to let us in on that Sunday when nine things went wrong, right? <laughs> so how do you, um, I don't know, what's your calculus on how honest to be about your life? Why, well, we've kind of... We've kind of shared probably about like 50% of it. My goal going into this year was to share more because I wanted to... I've been focusing on other projects, and so I kind of my goal for this year was to bring Frugal Edmonton Mama back to like sharing more of our life and sharing more of 
um, our kids growing up and like the problems and the things that we encounter with that and more of the things that work with us. But I am pretty open. There's not a lot that I'm not going to share yeah. because I think a lot of people identify with that. And a post that I wrote, a, I think a couple weeks ago about how I avoided taking the kids to the dentist because we had not, we've been lax on their fossing. <laughs> <laughs> and so I pawned my husband into doing it, but that got a lot of response. You know, I got four or so private messages in the first hour being like, you know, thanks for writing that. I'm awesome. so glad I'm not the only parent that goes in there with the fear of being lectured. <laughs> But it's true. You know, you get lax in the flossing and it's like, oh, oh I, just, I don't want to bring them. <laughs> <laughs> so I love moments like that where people can identify, you know, maybe something that somebody else may not want to write about or sugarcoat. Yeah. Just those moments in parenting that I know people can identify with. Yeah. And I would imagine there's a whole bunch of other stuff that you don't expose to the whole world. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, a lot, Olivia's getting older. She is almost seven. So she's kind of starting to be like, no, don't take a picture of me. Yeah. So I think as they get older, we'll, you know, encounter more of that. But I definitely want to respect their privacy because it is a pretty well-read blog. And so when we're out, people do recognize the kids from time to time and they'll kind of be like, oh, that's Olivia. <laughs> that might be a little bit freaky for her. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, she handles it really well because she's so outgoing. Yeah. So she's always, you know, she's pretty excited. She's like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> but I think when... As they get older, I think it's going to be a little bit more kind of glazed over and kind of more thought into what I write about. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Just one more question on the business side of things. What does best for you, sponsored posts or display advertising? Um, last, I was actually talking about this with a blogger friend yesterday. Display advertising made up under 20% of my blogging income last year. And so sponsored content and ambassadorships have yeah. probably made up the most part of the business. What's the distinction between sponsored content and ambassadorship? Sponsored content is usually a one-off. Um, so they'll have campaigns that are coming up next week or they'll have an event that's coming up and that they want the coverage for. And ambassadorships are usually more of a six-month to a 12-month term Well, where they'll have six or 12 campaigns that they want covered. And it's just for a longer term, I think. And is there a playbook that you follow for negotiating and fulfilling those agreements or are you winging it? Uh, I think for rate-wise, you mean? Yeah, rate-wise and also just how do you get them? How do you make sure that they get back what they need, whatever reporting you have to do? Okay. So for the most part, at the beginning of the ambassadorship or sponsored post, I get a lot of contracts sent. And so everything will be listed in there. This is what you're doing. This is what the payment is. This is how we're amplifying your content. And so you kind of have a general guideline and a checklist of what you're to do throughout the campaign. Yeah. And so it makes it pretty straightforward yeah. to know and just kind of anything above and beyond is helpful, I think. But you, I, I always try and find a way for to make it unique and to make it work for my audience because a lot of the time when you're having like sponsored posts, for example, especially if you're working with an ad company, they'll have, you know, a hundred bloggers and maybe 20 bloggers, they'll have the same content going out on the same yeah, day. gross. And so I really have a hard time. <laughs> like I really have to think about it sometimes. And sometimes it'll be like the night before it's due at 8 a.m. the next morning. And I'm like, oh, finally I have an angle that I can take that's unique and different because that's, I think, why it's succeeded well is that I have 
put the work into it to find the different angle because it's hard when everything's going out on the same day and it's kind of the same message. Yeah, yeah. How do you decide who to say yes to and who to say no to? I've been a little bit more picky this year, especially with ambassadorships. I had, I think, 10 ambassadorships last year, and so I had to cut them in half this year because just time-wise yeah. and just to find out what works. Yeah. But if there's, if immediately when I read the pitch and if it's something that I can identify with or it's something that solves a problem that we have as a family, I know it's going to be a good fit. Yeah. And are agencies a, a pitching you or are individual businesses pitching you? Um, it's mostly agencies for Frugal Edmonton Mama, I think, because of the age of the blog and how long it's been around. Yeah. For my other blogging projects, yeah. it's been business owners. So. Interesting. So yeah. let's talk about those other projects. So Raising Edmonton, uh, what's that about and why did you start it? I started Raising Edmonton because not everything was a fit for Frugal Edmonton Mama and I couldn't inundate Frugal Edmonton Mama with all the local content that there is to do with kids around here. And so we started it up, me and two friends. So I did the website and they just send me posts every now and then. And we're trying to share like a really comprehensive guide to like what's in Edmonton for parents because there's so much. We are so lucky with so many things to do, so many places to see, so many resources for parents in the city. And so we wanted a place to be able to share all of that and kind of like a go-to guide of kind of raising kids in Edmonton. Right. And you said that there's local businesses who are interested in advertising and doing sponsored posts on there as well? Yep. Wow, that's Yeah, great. so it, it was pretty exciting because I started that off kind of, I get an idea in the back of my head and I was like, oh, I'm going to make a Facebook page. So I started it off as a Facebook page and then didn't look at it for like six <laughs> or eight months and finally it's at like a thousand fans and I'm like, oh, wow. I'm like, okay, maybe I should do something with this. <laughs> <laughs> so I bought the domain name and I'm like, okay, we sat down with like a couple friends who contribute regularly. And kind of, you know, put together a list of 100 ideas of things you could blog about. And it was really easy. Wow. And it was, you know, it was easy to come up with those ideas. So we're like, okay, we're on to something here. So we should keep going with it. And I think it's been about eight months of regular daily, mostly mm-hmm. daily blogging. And it's grown to about 80,000 viewers a month in Edmonton. Wow. wow. Yeah. So amazing. it's pretty exciting. I yeah. think it just shows uh, that people want to know what's going on. And a lot of things, you know, you don't have time to scour the internet and find all the events for kids. So you really kind of want it to make it like a one place. Yeah. And we focus on events, activities, and experiences in the city. Excellent. Yeah. So it's pretty exciting. Yeah. And then Yeg Date Night. Now, one of, the, one of your regular posts on Frugal Edmonton Mama is like 50 things did yeah. you on date night? Is that where that idea started? That is where that came from. I found that when I was sharing the 50 things to do, it just took off. Like it would be shared like 5,000 times in three days. And also because in every one of the mom's groups that we're in locally, every single day is the question, what can we do on date night? You know, I'm so tired of going out and seeing a movie. Right. And so I was like, what? there's an idea here like this. We could do this. Yeah. And so I bought the domain name. And then raising him and Tim was taking off and I'm like, too much. Can't, can't do this. I need to maintain frugal and to mama. Like there's just too much going on. And so Jamie took it over 
And he's been doing really well with it. So I've been doing the Facebook and the Instagram. Yeah. And he's been doing the posts and the Twitter. And he's growing it very well. Today they went surfing at West Edmonton Mall, which yeah. he thought was really, really cool. <laughs> and so it's, you know, it's cool because um, we kind of have a group of friends now that we can go and like do the dates. Right. Because there's no way that with two kids we'd be able to go. No, this is the um, thing. So he'll yeah. go on a date with somebody else, right? Yeah, well, I, I've sent him on so many dates with our best friends <laughs> and I like her the first time her husband was like what <laughs> why are you going on a date with Jamie and it was like it was like their fifth date or something last week and I'm like wow things are getting serious between yeah. you guys <laughs> but it's cool because a lot of the time I'm like no you know in the like late in the evenings the kids were in bed I'm like no I have work to do I have to stay home you can go out with your friends or like we'll send like a couples the couples of our friends out and they'll kind of write something and yeah. and share it yeah. but it's good to have that different perspective because we have people that don't have kids we have younger people we have a little bit older people we have us with kids so that's pretty new but it's I think it's going to be exciting to get like some different takes on different yeah. things to do absolutely yeah, yeah. so with Frugal Edmonton Mama you said you kind of got in at the right time where you could build your credibility and 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 that helped with your massive audience that you have there. But with these two newer properties, you're starting from zero in a much more crowded space. So how do you get people to read you? I feel like I can use my Frugal Edmonton Mama audience. Mm -hmm. So for Raising Edmonton, I will share a lot of the content from there on to Frugal Edmonton Mama audience, which helps to grow it. But I think over the past six years of blogging, I've kind of learned what's what's going to be shareable content and learned what's going to be popular. And so I've gotten the advantage that way from the experience of being a blogger to be able to grow something quickly Yeah, and know what's going to work, I guess. Are you able to articulate what it, what's shareable? Like what, what for your... Guys? Absolutely. So um, the most shareable content I find is like hidden gems. So things that people may not have known about before. I always try and use really high quality images, which helps with sharing on social media. And lists help because it's a lot of information condensed in one place. Right. So people don't have to go very far. Yeah. And kind of uh, looking at the analytics of Raising Edmonton helps us too, going back in the previous month and seeing what was popular yeah. and seeing what we can emulate that's relevant for this month. So are you pouring over your Google Analytics like daily, weekly, monthly? And- Usually monthly. Yeah. I used to, when I, It's funny, when you first start, you like log in a couple times a day and like, oh, how many people <laughs> are visiting now? Yeah. <laughs> and then you just like, no, you go crazy, right? Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Now we've scaled it back to once a month and we go through and we look at the analytics and then for Raising Edmonton, content is planned out like a month in advance. Okay. And so we'll go through and write two potential titles in the calendar yeah. um, for every day. And then see kind of what we can fit in and what yeah, works. Yeah. You're like very organized about this. <laughs> Were you always is like this the kind of person you are or did you learn that that's what you had to do to make it happen? I've definitely learned that that's what I had to do. Um, I'd say the organization, I've really found a system that worked only about eight months ago. Wow. And so it was a there's I have a lot of lists all the time, and, you know, a running list of posts that need to be written. But what really worked for me was to keep track of the tasks that I was doing daily, managing a few blogs. And so I have Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and every day I have a set list of tasks that need to get done for that day. 
and kind of tailoring that and looking at that for two to three months and seeing, okay, what am I crossing off? What am I getting accomplished? What am I not getting accomplished? I just take it off the list. And so finally I found a system that works. And so I will probably, I get up about two hours earlier than the kids in the morning. And so I can get everything done in about three hours a day. Wow. And then we have the one to two days a week. Usually we use one of them for childcare. Right. And so it's a full-time thing, but I can definitely work around our hours and being organized does help that. Yeah. Because if I wasn't, I'd just look at my email inbox and think, what? (laughs) (laughs) It's funny about being organized. I look at my email inbox and I'm like, okay, it needs to be empty. Yeah. Oh. I'm like, okay, this is done. Like, get it out of here. And so trying to like do Yag date night with Jamie together, he's a keep in the email inbox person. Mm -hmm. And so (laughs) like, this this is crazy. This does not work. (laughs) He'll have stuff starred and like pinned to the top. And I'm I'm like, okay, this needs to be a one person job in the email. (laughs) So I had to stop doing it. I had to stop reading it and let him do it. (laughs) Let go. (laughs) (laughs) So what's next for you? What do you want to do this year? Um, I think bring Frugal Oven to Mama kind of back to that shopping, not not necessarily shopping, but saving and more of our family is my goal because I've spent the last few months growing the other two blogs. Mm -hmm. And so coming back there and kind of finding a way to share more saving tips and more family things. And more exploring and traveling. Right, yeah. So I think that's what I'm going to focus on coming up. I think you mentioned in a recent post that like a personal goal is to give your girls more experiences and that involves traveling. So that dovetails with that as well. Absolutely it does. And it's funny, I was talking yesterday about kind of planning out our summer and what we want to do. And my friends are like, wow, that's really ambitious. That's like every second weekend you're like on somewhere. But I guess they're kind of used to that now because it is, you know, we've, we like traveling and going on road trips and exploring. And so I think that's going to be a big part of 2016 is kind of sharing cool things to do because of the economy, especially. So sharing like staycation ideas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's going to be fun. Excellent. I'm looking forward to reading it. So we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to hear about the local blogs and podcasts that Lori recommends. This episode of Seen and Heard in Edmonton is brought to you by Andrea Bessa, a writer, filmmaker, editor, and social media strategist who can help you get your story out. Hello. You have a freelance business at andreabessa.work. What can people hire you to do? Oh, goodness. People can hire me to do all sorts of things. I started out primarily in, in copywriting and content writing, but I also do an extensive amount of editing, proofreading. I make videos for local businesses. And I do a lot of social media strategy, getting businesses started with social media, slash training them, slash helping them maintain their social media presence or just make it generally stronger. So yeah, I guess I do quite a wide range of things. All of them to do with communicating somebody's presence and story and engaging its community. Yeah, absolutely. That is definitely what I love to do. Be sure to visit andreabessa.work to see what Andrea can do for you. That's A-N-D-R-E-A-B-E-C-A dot work. Okay, we're back. So, Lori, what local independent media sources do you like to consume? 
Um, so the first one is the on dad blog. Uh huh. I love that it's a like you know there's not many dads in the space That's blogging true. about stuff, and I love that it's a dad, and I love that it's real, and it's so raw, and it's relatable, and. I, it's just interesting to read, and I'm always sharing it with my friends and saying, nice. oh, did you see this? It's a dad. <laughs> so this is Trent Wilkie. Yes. And, uh, yeah, he, he can get pretty honest and raw about the, the challenges that they have in their house around parenting and everything else, too. So I like that. I like his honesty. Me, too. And, I, you know, and it's an honesty that I really admire because at the point now where you are, like, working with brands, you do kind of have to, you know, you have to glaze over a little bit of that. Honesty, yeah, but yeah. I really admire that. It's a really good read. Excellent. Um, and then Natasha, uh, stay-at-home feminist. Yes. As a parent, you know my, what I what I blog about is really topical, and so it's so interesting to read. You know her in-depth analysis of things. Like it's amazing. It just makes me think as a parent raising girls. It's just every single piece makes me think. So I like that. Yeah, that's Natasha Cham, and. Uh, yeah, there's not a single one that she p- publishes that doesn't make me go, okay, I got to think about this more. Exactly. Yeah. And she has she does such a good job sourcing and like linking to other things to read. I really like that. Mm-hmm. Um, Northern Style Exposure, because my style is like leggings and boots. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I aspire to have more style. And yeah, I feel like as a style blog, it's still relatable. It's yeah. not like one of the out there style blogs. Yeah. So I really like that. And I like how it's incorporating more of her kid and family. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah. It's actually nice, isn't it? All these um, young girls that started fashion blogging and now they're all having babies. So we get I to know. watch them. <laughs> and, they're, and they're all so cute. And yes. it's just like the <laughs> cutest babies ever. So I totally find like kid inspiration from like, oh, I need to get that for my child. Um, for gorgeous photography and Weekend tripped inspiration. Andrea Hankey, she's a photographer locally. It's andreahankeyland.com. Okay. It's like her kids are adorable and they have like really cute party ideas. She has amazing like DIY Halloween costumes, just super artsy. Like I aspire to be more artsy like that. It's amazing. Excellent. Um, one that's not really local, but I find a lot of our inspiration from is Rocky's Family Adventures. Okay. And so it's more adventures and backcountry, you know, something that's probably not for us yet because we're not at the place where we're going to go backcountry camping or skiing. But I love the weekend trips and it's very in-depth and kind of things to explore. It's where we get a lot of um, inspiration of where we're going to go next. Awesome. So that's a cool blog. Mm -hmm. Well, those are great. Those are great picks. (laughs) Uh, And we'll link to all those in the show notes so that you can look them up as well. Any parting advice for someone who wants to make money blogging? I think that you just have to find, you know, you have to find what works for you. You have to find, you have to find your voice, first of all, because I think that brands are really looking for, you know, a unique voice. And you have to be patient because a lot of the time, you know, you'll start a blog and you won't get on the PR list or you won't get on um, the list for pitches for, it took probably about a year or two at Frugal and to Mama. So I think be patient and don't be afraid to approach people that you think are a good fit because a lot of the time, you know, I'll send out pitches and I'll be like, oh, that's a, you know, that's a great partnership. And that makes it more authentic because it's somebody that you thought to work with. Right. I think. Yeah. Yeah. And will you do that quite often to a brand that you like and say, hey, let's do something together? I will. And I'll, you know, send a whole, just a short pitch, but kind of here's what I had in mind. You know, here's what I want from you and here's what I can offer you. 
I like that being in the driver's seat instead of passively waiting for coming people to... Absolutely, because then you can make sure it's a fit for your blog too. Yeah, mm-hmm. excellent. Oh, Lori, you're so smart. I love all of the things that you shared with us today. Thanks so much for talking to me. Thank you. So visit Lori's blog at frugaledmontonmama.com and follow her on Twitter at frugalyegmama and on Facebook at frugaledmontonmama. And Instagram, too, is frugalyegmama. Is that right? Lori Godden. Lori Godden on Instagram, G-O-D-I-N. And you can find Raising Edmonton and all of its social media links at raisingedmonton.com. And you can see what Jamie is up to when Lori's not there. <laughs> and sometimes she'll be there, I guess, uh, on Yeg Date Night. And all of its social media links are at yegdatenight.com. And all of these links, plus Lori's excellent recommendations, will be in the show notes at seenandheardyeg.com. Subscribe to my newsletter at seenandheardyeg.com for complete coverage of Edmonton's blogs and podcasts. And I'll be back in a week. Thanks for listening. Thank you.